The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW here in Las Vegas, Future Stars of Wrestling, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great. It's good to see that we have the one member of the Wolf Zaddies that I actually like. <laughs> All of a sudden. We have Mr. Tito Escondido. And Tito, how's it been for you, man? How you doing lately? I'm doing great, man. Things are looking up. Uh, during this whole pandemic, I've kept a positive mindset. So uh, everything's looking good. Looking forward to the future and uh, just seeing what, what wrestling holds for me. You know, being that you're from California, um, do you, what, what was your process in first learning about Future Stars of Wrestling or jo- Joe DeFalco? Um, how did you come about getting into the mix here? Uh, well, when I first got back into wrestling, it was like 2010, 2011. And at the time, I had a couple of buddies that were working out there, uh, Ray Rosas and uh, Che Cabrera. And it, uh, like from the videos I saw and from what they were saying, it looked great. You know, I wanted to be a part of it. And then I got booked for a show out there in Vegas uh, called Hood Slam, and they were running at the FSW arena. So that's where I met Joe, and I talked to him, and we kind of hit it off. And by the next month, I was out there wrestling. Joe, what was your first impressions of uh, seeing Tito? I, I'm I'm surprised he actually remembers exactly how I remember it. It was like they were doing the Hood Slam show, and, and you know, kind of heard about him a little bit, and then I, you know, he he you know came over, talked to me, and you know, pretty much immediately, uh, you know, we started getting him into the mix, and. You know, he's been in a regular a regular at FSW on and off for a while. And, you know, I, I say it to everybody, you know, Che and Tito are two of my favorite people. And sometimes it was unfortunate that we, we just couldn't get him into the mix sometimes because they were too good to be just brought in to put over some tag team and then we'll see again in three or four months. And, you know, thankfully with everything going on, you know, hit up Tito – you know, Che had been on hiatus and thought we had a really good idea to bring Tito back because we did use him sparingly. But then, uh, you know, we got him into the mix at Natural Born Killers. And obviously somebody saw that. And now he's a big star at Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Well, you know, speaking of that, since you brought it up, Joe, um, what to you when you when you have that type of uh, – card that is a grappling style and then you have uh barnett running blood sport is it one of those things where you kind of look at it um as you know a competition or is it you know a something that will boost you to do more natural born killers when you see guys like tito working blood sport Well, the thing is, Cross had been wanting to do something like that for a long time. So Bloodsport really didn't have anything to do with it, other than at that time, Bloodsport was running two times, and they only ran WrestleMania weekend. Right. And being that type of fighting style was really geared basically because of the success of the UFC. And I decided that... UFC fight weekend would be the best time for us, you know, to try to accomplish and, and see what the, you know, the buzz might be about. And we were lucky enough with so many UFC people in town that on the first show, we got Dan Severin and we got Frank Mir and Stefan Bonner had trained with us. 
and Cross got the deal with Moxley, which we didn't know. So we were legit sold out without even announcing Moxley because, again, I didn't know till 30 minutes before the show that Moxley was going to be the guy who was coming out after Cross. And we had, you know, Frank Mir and Austin Aries and Simon Gotch and Dave Mazzani and his sister Gina, who's a UFC fighter. So being that it's Vegas, that's the perfect place to run that type of show. And then the first one was so successful, we came back with the next one, had a couple of bumps on some people and things like that, but we were able to have, you know, uh, MVP and Bonner and Douglas James and TJ Perkins, who I had no idea was, you know, can fight that style. And then I had read somewhere that he had gotten signed uh, or he had been offered a contract at Bellator. I'm like, well, then he's definitely a guy that we're going to need. And Tom Lawler, who we don't really use much for the wrestling shows, but he's always into into working. And, you know, when he was first coming back, Tom trained with us. And then I had heard about Tito, and we needed a couple of guys and, and heard, uh, you know, he was pretty good at jujitsu, not as good as Graves, I heard, but still pretty good. And I figured, you know what? Let me hit up Tito. And then we got the guy who happened to move to town, called and recall. And those guys killed it at Natural Born Killers. And because of so many local-oriented guys from California, we got Jeff Cobb. We got Lawler involved. He's probably going to take over the franchise that once we're able to, you know, get some more capacity, which I just read today, they had the Clark County meeting that they're recommending uh, three foot social distancing and 80 percent capacity as of May 1st. Wow. So that increases our numbers huge. So, you know, natural born killers is definitely going to be something that hopefully we can uh, put back together in the next couple months. Tito, he brought up Graves. Would uh, Graves be an opponent that uh, maybe you'd like to face if uh, he did do the uh, Natural Born Killers? Uh, yeah, of course, man. I respect Graves a lot. He's black belt in jiu-jitsu from a very reputable school. So uh, I think uh, two heavyweight jiu-jitsu studs Ooh. getting in the mat, rolling around, trying to choke each other out and break each other's bones would be a, a great matchup. Um, what is it about that style for you that you enjoy? What attracted you to jiu-jitsu? Um, I've always liked grappling. When I first started uh, pro wrestling, after um, after we'd get done training pro wrestling, we'd always shoot, shoot wrestle, and uh, grapple a lot. Even at Santino Brothers, we'd do a lot of grappling. So I was always into it. I was always into the UFC. Um, I just didn't really have the time to train yeah. Uh, like I wanted to, um, cause it does take a lot of time. You know, I'm in the gym training four or five days a week, uh, besides my weight, hitting the weights. So, sure. uh, finally I got the opportunity to get on the mats and train jujitsu. And, um, I've been training pretty heavily for about four years now. So, uh, it was just all about time. You know, yeah. I always liked that Japanese style UWF, that, um, that fighting style of professional wrestling. I'm always interested in that. And I always thought I'd be pretty good at it. And once I got booked on these shows, blood sport, natural born killers, I, I've really been, uh, adapting to it and taking off and kind of just taking the ball and running with it. Joe, what is it about that style that allows guys to, uh, you know, be able to take that aspect of fighting into a pro wrestling ring and make that something that, you know, looks so impressively tough um, in a, a day and age where we see a lot of guys for the last decade have been flying over the ropes and, you know, doing a lot of aerial type uh, daredevil moves where grounded wrestling seems to be kind of making a little bit more of a comeback. Well, because of the success of the UFC, you know, Tito will tell you before that existed, you know, he's wrestling two, three dimes a week, you know, all over the place. This is a change of pace. It's fun. It's it, it's it's more realistic, you know. Yeah. And in wrestling, everybody thinks they're the toughest guy. And when we're doing a show like Natural Born Killers or Bloodsport, 
you know, there's times it might get a little more realistic. And, you know, I want to outshine you, and that's an opportunity to do it. And it's also taking his jujitsu background that he may not use very often in a wrestling match. Well, that's the main focus of doing it. So now he's bringing that style out to the forefront. And everybody wants variety. In, in wrestling, you know, it became the no ropes matches. You know, we did that before with Bonner and Graves. That was before Bloodsport did anything. But as he was talking about the UWFI in Japan, you know, that's where Kevin Cross, the meat and potatoes of him wanting to do exactly that type of thing because it wasn't really being done in the United States. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was the per, you know, it was a perfect storm and things worked out. And, you know, again, we're the hot bed. I, I can go to any MMA gym. We had, we had Randy Couture's son, Ryan fought on the first show. Uh, we had Ryan Walker, who's a Bellator guy who was enamored with the idea of doing this. And, you know, he, he's eager to get things rolling. It's like I said, we can put a full card together without flying in really anybody and still have a tremendous show yeah. because there's so much of that talent available. You know, I'm pretty sure Tito wouldn't mind a, uh, a rematch with Super Beast. I saw that they uh, fought down in Tampa and now Super Beast is a local. Yeah. Yeah. I would love a rematch with Super Beast, actually. How how was that for you? Was that uh, you know was it a, a tough time with him or was it a, uh, a fun time? I mean, it was tough and fun you know, at the same time. Uh, <laughs> sure. He's a big, strong, can I cuss motherfucker, bro? Like uh, I thought I'd be able to match uh, strength with him, but uh, he was a little stronger than I thought. Wow! But uh, that's when the jujitsu comes into play. Um, but he's a tough, tough dude. He reminds me of. Uh, like those pit fighters in uh the conan movies you know what i mean yeah like those gladiator type pit fighters uh he's a tough guy so get in the ring with him you know you better be ready for a fight and i was unfortunately i came up short but you know if we, if i get a rematch uh I'm, I'm thinking things would go my way um you know with you tito training at uh santino brothers what is it that Santino Brothers instilled into you that prepared you for going into other locker rooms like FSW? Um, what is that like as a you know as a young wrestler learning from a school as reputable as Santino Brothers to bring into another locker room? Well, first of all, Joey Chaos is an amazing trainer. Uh, he's got a brilliant wrestling mind, and uh, he's always pushing you. You know, if you think you're doing great, he wants you to do amazing. You know, he wants the best for you, and, and you can really tell when he's training you. Um, on top of that, there's all kinds of great professional wrestlers that come out of Santino's. So not only are you getting great training, hard training, but you're training with the best there is in southern california and and even in the world um if you look at the guys who have come out of there um there's they're they're not short of talent you know guys right. like uh, jake atlas in nxt uh brody king who's in new japan in roh uh tyler bateman who is in roh um all kinds of fantastic guys who are on the indies i'm probably forgetting some Vinny wasco come on Vinny Vinny wasco young upcomer Vinny Wasco, my boy, who I've taken under my wing, who is soon to be a zaddy. That's right, the newest wolf zaddy, and then the guy who stretches you out at training all the time, Eli Everfly. Eli Everfly, he's doing big things. He's he's all over the country right now. He was just in Tampa uh, wrestling Two Cold Scorpio, had an amazing match there, uh, representing Santino's out there in Tampa, WrestleMania weekend. So uh, there's no... Uh, there's all kinds of talented wrestlers to train with. You got talented trainers like a Mongol Santino and, and Joey chaos. So uh, you go in there, you put in the work, you chase your dream and then uh, you get the respect you deserve walking into locker rooms. Cause they know you trained at Santino's. They know you've been trained correctly and that you could work. Joe, you know, one, one yeah. thing I want to do is really put over the Santino's crew. Cause they are such a bonded group. Like, 
it was one into the other. Ray Rosas came in. He was like, hey, I got a guy, and it was Che Cabrera. And Tito and Che were like, oh, I have a guy, and it's Douglas James and Eli Everfly. The, the one thing is a lot of people just bring people from the school, and a lot of them are nowhere near ready. They're nowhere near good enough. It's like these guys have in, been instilled that when you represent that brand, you're bringing over guys that are capable uh, of performing, whether it's a smaller show or a bigger show. You know, we have, you know, a pretty high standard of, of what we're trying to, to bring in. And in the majority of the times, you know, everybody that's been brought to us from Santino, even a Lucas Riley, it, it's hard finding, a, you know, a spot for the guy. But he's another guy who's really talented, Jake Atlas. We used him numerous times. And I'm pretty sure somebody recommended Jake that came with us. And that's the majority of reasons how I bring people into the company. Yeah. It's like Hammerstone and, and, and Graves, they recommended Class. And now Class has proven to be, you know, a guy that many people feel is going to be a future star, you know. And when we talk about wrestling schools – I guess there's probably others that are really good, but if I tell anybody, hey, I'm in California or anything else, number one, I'll always say, hey, check out Santino Brothers because they always produce, you know, the best guys. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Santino Brothers and, you know, guys you've been using recently, Joe, um, you have Tito coming up on a show. Is that correct? Uh, this Saturday, we got a, you know, a monster show as we prepare to open things up. You know, this show, without a doubt, would sell a hell of a lot more tickets at Samstown. Yeah. You know, we ha Hammerstone's defending the title against Brian Pillman Jr., who's been killing it, uh, you know, in AEW. And then, you know, we align things up. And Chris Bay versus Sefa Fatu is like the ultimate FSW dream match. <laughs> And, you know, even though it's not at Natural Born Killers, you know, putting stuff together, we got Graves going one-on-one -on -one with Tito. And, you know, a lot of people may not realize, but probably about six, seven years ago, you know, one of the big tag team feuds was, was Che and Tito against the Gods of War. Really? You know, I, yeah, I remember there was a battle in Mesquite. Uh, Matt Hardy and Rebby did the uh, announcements. We did a... Uh, a rookie of the year ceremony. Uh, we did our year end awards and Hammerstone beat out Che Cabrera, uh, which led to an attack and, and a match that night. So they know each other very, very well from tag team matches. Chase, Chase still pretty bitter over that. I, I think he got the raw end of the deal with that rookie of the year award. Plus uh, I think Joe had a hand in uh, fixing that ballot box too. So, yeah, whatever uh, happened to whatever happened to that guy Hammerstone? He never did nothing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so we still got it out for you, Joe. Don't think you escaped that uh, that ballot box booking right there, brother. <laughs> well, for you coming in, Tito, what were your first memories, or you know, maybe fondest memories of some of your earlier work at FSW? Do you recall some of the uh, uh, yeah. your favorites that you? Uh, yeah, definitely working with uh, Graves and Hammerstone, uh, the Gods of War. We we would wrestle them quite a bit, actually, and always have uh, killer matches with them. Uh, working with the World One Gentlemen, Jack Manley and Remy. Uh, we love working them. We'd always kill it with them, too. Uh, and then even going out there, doing some of my solo stuff, uh, working Funny Bone. Uh, I think I, I tagged with Cross once in some kind of a Survivor Series type elimination match. Yeah, that was Team – that's right, Team Joe. Yeah, that was Team Joe. <laughs> we uh, buried Team Rocky. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I always have fun going out there in Vegas. It's always a blast. Uh, uh, the fans treat me well. Joe treats me well. Uh, it's not too far of a car ride. Um, right. I, uh, one of my other fond memories was wrestling um, the 1% who now go as uh, World uh, the West Coast yeah. Wrecking Crew. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, world class. Yeah, they, they sang the song Turn Off the Lights. And then uh, I actually uh, couldn't drive out there that day because my son had a soccer game. So I flew in that night, probably as the show was going on, I landed. 
Trey picked me up in the car. I got ready in the car, pulled up to FSW Arena, and then killed it with the uh, world class wrecking crew. Wow. Or West Coast wrecking crew. Wow. You know, that was another match that I was always very fond of. Uh, we called it the Battle of the Bruiserweights in Mesquite. And ah, was, yes. Uh, it was Brian Cage, Willie Mack, uh, Tito, and Alcatraz. And I Alcatraz, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that was a fun match, too. Uh, uh, you know, when you get a couple big guys like that who could go and could wrestle, you never really know what you're, uh, you know, in there for, what to expect. Uh, that was fun. I remember that quite fondly, actually. Joe, you know, speaking of, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that aspect of how you take someone like Tito and figure out how you want to work them into the mix into something like that where you have a cage and you have a wheelie um, and you have Alcatraz. How does that come about for you in your mind in terms of booking um, such a big, big you know those are big guys in the you know who can actually do a lot of different shit the styles are so varied how does that come together for you well the thing is at that time tito was probably that talent that was kind of way under the radar with a lot of the a lot of the fans okay especially in the mix brian cage we were grooming to be a heavyweight champion alcatraz was Willie's Willie. There's the dynamic about Willie that you, you can't explain. That no matter where Willie goes, people are like, oh, we love Willie Mac. And it was, you know, it was a super show. We, we brought in, you know, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. We brought in Kevin Nash. We brought in John Morrison. We had Kenny King. So there was only so many slots. And of course, that's not a show for the young guys. They need to right. go watch that show and see what it takes to earn a spot on those type of shows. You know, as I stated earlier, because of the pandemic, a lot of them have gotten very comfortable because we didn't really bring in a lot of people over the last year on the random shows we did. So they're kind of feeling like, oh, I'm not on this show? It's like, no. This is a casino show that happens to be the FSW Arena. Right. The shows we put you on are smaller shows to get you experience. And a lot of those guys have shined, but when it came to Tito and we brought back Eli Everfly and he killed it and Brandon Gatson and now using Toko Uso, you know, we want to be on par with the best companies in the world. And unfortunately, some of those younger guys have only been doing it for a year. It's not their fault that, you know, hopefully they become that next group of guys. But right now, you know, our roster, bar none, is is one of the best you're going to see. You know, not only do we have them, and then we got, you know, we talk about how great the tag team division is now, but back then when the Gods of War, the 1%, the, it was cheat, uh, the, the old Pistoleros, as they were once called, uh, you know, the Whirlwind Gentlemen, the Suburban Commandos, the Reno Scum were in the mix. You know, those were some great tag teams. Yeah. You know, the teams that probably should have got the belts that never did were Hammerstone and Graves and Che and Tito because there was also the following at that time, and they were running crazy with Bryce Harrison, and I'm pretty sure Che and Tito had some good matches with the following back in the day. So, I think so, yeah. You know, so the thing is, it, it's getting these this core group together, and I had this idea, you know, for Tito, and he was good to go. And, you know, hopefully uh, on Saturday, him and Graves kill it like we expect them to do. You know, Jake, uh, Tito got a lot of notice where he was it, – it's hard, we always say, to, to, to get people behind somebody when they don't see them very often. Right. And Che and Tito hadn't been around for a while. But one thing that he really did get over on was the natural-born killers because they saw a side of him they had never seen before – and all of a sudden, there was a whole bunch of people like, oh, shit, that Tito Escondido is a bad dude. It was like, of course he is. That's why he calls himself bad dude Tito. He wouldn't just make that up. <laughs> um, you know, that bad side of you is definitely something that's um, really fun to watch in the ring. You know, the toughness. At the same time, 
the wolf zadies kind of had a zen thing going on how did that come about how did the uh the idea for the team and that type of uh character come come through for you guys um you know it was just me and Shay being ourselves being <laughs> funny being uh you know because our, our ring work didn't change at all our ring work right. kind of stayed the same we might do like uh, uh some kind of comedy spot more like a little more often now but the ring work never really changed uh, but it was more like letting our personality show you know we didn't want to be just these big tough guys you know we wanted to let our personality show let our sense of humor come out and uh the fans really liked it it's it's all real genuine we don't ever try to put something out that's fake or that we don't like just for uh content or sure. just to be humorous in in a match um so that kind of just came out where we're just like you know what screw it let's just be ourselves let's just you know have fun out there and, and it really took off people seem to like it the fans like it the promoters like it uh the boys in the back all love it uh you know every time i go to a show now they're like what's up zaddy how's it going zaddy uh it, it's the new brother you know brother this brother that uh zaddy's the new brother we got everyone saying it. everyone loves it. it it's just fun we're out there having a blast we're enjoying ourselves we're out there to put on great matches uh get the oohs and ahs maybe get a couple laughs here and there and give something the girls to Google at, you know. <laughs> you, you know, you know, it was over because Dave Marquez booked them again. So, <laughs> well, well, Dave was trying to book us for a long time. We were just so our calendar was so filled. Uh, you know, it was hard to get back there. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that up, Joe. Um, when you look at your experience with Dave and getting a chance to you know, actually um, be in front of the cameras and get that TV experience. How important has that been to you um, in terms of, uh, you know, learning the ropes of wrestling for TV with someone like Dave and the quality group he has together uh, with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood? Um, I think it's extremely important. I've been working with Dave for... 10 years now you know that's a pretty long time having experience uh with tv and wrestling for tv is completely different than wrestling for the indies um yeah. and, and you could always tell the wrestlers who have worked for tv because they're always working that camera uh they find the camera they hit all their their, their good spots in front of that hard cam um and that's what really kind of makes you a pro um you could always tell the difference between someone who works in front of tv for cameras and who don't uh, because they'll they'll be working the the fans, you know, because right. it's it's important to work the fans. But you know, you only have so many fans in an arena. You you work the television, you got thousands, hundreds of thousands, you know, potentially um, in that camera. So it, it's important. Um, got to slow down a little bit more, I think, for TV. It's, it's a different aspect of wrestling, a different, a little bit different of a style but you definitely still want to get your own personal style in while right. working for the camera. And then also like uh, working for Dave, you get, you know, you got to show up on time. You got to be ready with promos. You got to be ready for promo pictures. There's a whole list of things to do besides just um, wrestling in front of the camera. So, you know, it helps with professionalism, uh, helps get getting used to working in front of a camera because it's different but uh, i've always liked working for dave i like working for joe um they're very similar but also very different at the same time i'm way cooler come on <laughs> i don't know dave's pretty cool have you seen those photo yeah. shoots lately except for that year that he wouldn't book you you know what I mean? nah, that's a lie <laughs> um you know that's that's a good point. Dave is doing some uh, excellent uh, work uh, on uh, car commercials with Ric Flair. So, Joe, yeah. when are you gonna turn out a, a Vegas car commercial with someone like uh, I don't know Austin or The Rock? I don't know. Maybe maybe Nick Aldis because he doesn't like Dave. I guess he blocked. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Anything What's that about, about that? Tito? You got some I... inside scoop? Why Nick Aldis is uh, banning uh, blocking your boy Marquez? That's news to me. I thought they got along great. So Yeah, that's what I did. He posted it the other day. I saw that uh, he made a post about how Nick uh, blocked him. Um, maybe they could settle it in the cage. Maybe they could settle it at Natural Born Killers, Joe. There you go. I'll book it. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, Dave is getting back in shape, so you know that would be interesting. Um, Joe, when you look at the experience that Tito brings into FSW into the ring, is it hard sometimes to balance out giving Tito upper tier talent? Versus using Tito as someone who can also nurture younger talent. How do you kind of balance that and go about doing that? Well, the idea is with Tito is is to get him back into the groove. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the way things work out, it's like he's not getting that opportunity to wrestle one of the younger guys. He's going right after Graves because... You know, that's what the situation calls for. We're running a, a a big, big show. You know, I would definitely love to get a young guy like Shogun and Hero Lou in the ring with Tito because, you know, sometimes those younger guys think they know it all and they need that veteran presence to, to slow them down. You know, I know Shogun, you know, improved immensely when he was working some matches with Hammerstone and Graves, because even when uh, Shogun wrestled Graves, I remember at uh, the Beers and Body Slams downtown, I saw, you know, Hammerstone coming down the escalator just to talk to Shogun to go over some of the stuff and, and what he liked, and he put him over strong. But it's just those little things that, as a wrestler, you're in the zone, you're working your match, and having uh, an eagle eye like like a, a Hammerstone or a Tito or Davari, who's been great having around, not only is he a great trainer, but now he's gotten to work guys like, you know, Hero Lou and Sharp and, you know, all these guys he's had the opportunity with to, you know, sit down and say, hey, you know what? I really like you doing this. I really like you doing that. Hey, maybe you need to do this a little differently. And we have such a great mixture of young talent and experienced guys. It's like we talk about, like, uh, Davari just worked Sefa, you know. And, you know, I got a text from Davari, like, hey, bro, thanks for the match. You know, Sefa's awesome, you know. And he just saw what we saw is, like, we see this guy who's probably not going to be around much longer. We kind of got confirmation he's going to be leaving, you know, pretty soon, which means – Hey, another notch on the uh, FSW board, which I think now we're leading Santino after that with Sefa about guys who get, you know, who get signed to uh, big deals, you know, but there's so many other guys, the Remy Marcells, the Tito's, you know, that should be on a bigger platform, Yeah, you know, and it's like, Unfortunately, it isn't just about talent. It's just being in the right place at the right time and having that right connection, right. you know? And, you know, we're hoping if, if you know what they say, if you can't, uh, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, you know, maybe we can get big enough to where when a guy's a, a main guy on FSW, people are like, oh, yeah, the, that Tito guy really made it. He's in FSW. That would be, that would be great for us. Because we feel we have the talent, we have great production, you know, we're getting out there with the network, we're getting way more eyes on us, and now the key is just, you know, even at a GCW, I'll put our roster up with them, but they somehow got a niche audience that follows them, you know, to the depths of hell, and we're just hoping we can get there someday. You know, Tito, um, I think yesterday I kind of uh, heard through the grapevine something like MLW is finding a home, uh, looks like on Vice. What is it that you think about when you see uh, companies like the NWA, MLW, that basically would be perfect spots for someone like yourself how do you go about trying to, you know, get noticed for a company like that? Or are you content with kind of staying in California and going about your own path instead of, you know, trying to, uh, you know, go, let's say, East Coast to be in one of those companies and having to travel, you know, essentially every week to do so? 
I mean, I'm definitely not content just sticking to the indies, you know. Um, like, I was in Tampa, and I got to witness a lot of the top uh, indie stars um, in the world right now, and I'm definitely at their level uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, I could work. I got the mic skills. I got the look. So um, I'm definitely not content on just being in the indies. I definitely have the talent to to be bigger. Um but I think it's just, you know, I think people haven't really seen me. There's, there's definitely like this kind of West Coast bias that yeah. when you're on the West Coast, you don't really get looked at as much. Um, they don't think you're as good as the East Coast guys, which is crazy to me because there's some very talented guys out here on the West Coast. So a lot of them are getting signed. Um, it's great that these companies are getting um, TV time because that just, you know, makes a better opportunity for me to get looked at and a better opportunity for me to get signed. Um, it's like back in the day when WCW was uh, feuding with WWE, uh, there were so many roster spots, you know, right. and that's how it is right now. There's a ton of roster spots and I definitely don't think um, I'll be on the Indies forever. You know, the cream rises to the top brother, like uh, monster man says, and uh, <laughs> I'm too good not to get signed, you know, uh, and that's not me just being cocky. That's that's just like I'm I'm a very talented wrestler. I could do it all. I could do all styles. Uh, so I think the time will come. I think it's coming soon. Um, where I land, who knows? Um, that's not up to me to decide. But uh, I think uh, working these big shows like the Bloodsport is definitely getting my name out there. Um, me and Che also have a real good thing going with our tag team. Yeah. Um, so we could we could work anyone in wrestling and have a killer tag team match. So you know the time's coming. I think it's coming very shortly, and uh, hopefully I'll be in one of those big uh, big companies with a big fat contract, and then I won't have to work uh, for Joe anymore. For the pennies for the pennies that I pay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of working for Joe, Joe, had, did you at any point uh, ever think about? Uh, putting any kind of title on Tito? Well, without a doubt, the tag team titles, but just the way things fell, I'm pretty sure I was looking at one of the posters and they were, you know, they had a big match against the gods of war and I'm pretty sure they've had some title. matches. But at that time, the, that we weren't ready to move else. And, you know, unfortunately some of those, talented guys never got that opportunity. Uh, you know, Tito's a guy that, you know, wrestling guys like Graves, wrestling, you know, the idea is hopefully down the line that, you know, Tito and Hammerstone get something going. You know, that was part of the reason, you know, Hammerstone, he, he's been there. He's three-time champion. You know, he's one of the best in the business. And, you know, we're trying to provide him – with great opportunities against great talent. And like I said, that was, that was the main reason I gave the call to Tito. Like I knew Che wasn't around and it was like, well, you know, right now we have an opportunity to get you into the mix often, you know? And again, in the past, there were times we tried to get them, but they were just unavailable. They got booked a lot. I'm like, Hey, I need you for, you know, January 8th. Oh, I'm booked that day. Okay, what about the 23rd? Oh, I'm booked that day. And then all of a sudden we'd get him in February. And now all of a sudden we'd have him one show out of four or five. So then we kind of step back again. And now it's like he's asking me for dates in advance. And it's like, hey, we're doing this date and we're doing that date. And, you know, let's try to get things in the mix to where you know, Tito becomes a, a frequent, you know, roster guy. Because, you know, he, he's, his, you know, he's immediate. It's, it's easy to put in a guy like Tito because he's immediately a top 10 guy, you right. know, and, you know, maybe even a top five guy if you ask him. But he's a guy <laughs> who could be, you know, the Nevada State champion, the heavyweight champion. You know, if Che ever makes the trip back to Vegas, you know, they, they could, they're a team that could be a tag team champion. So, there's no doubt. You know, maybe we'll come up with a uh, natural born killers title. You know, <laughs> Tito and Super Beast for that one. You know, I, I've been a champion every uh, company I've worked for, 
except FSW. And, and that kind of stings me a little oh, bit. Sticks so, in the so I definitely, I definitely want to be able to go in there and win a title so I could say I, I'm a t- champion every for every company I've ever well, worked Well, then you know for. you really made it if you're champion at FSW. Yeah. That's true. Then I could get a, a big old poster on the wall over there up top. They, that's what I'm saying. You know, Bart will throw you an extra few bucks instead of giving it to the girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ultimately, Tito, when you come to a place like Vegas, what is it about wrestling here that, you know, keeps you coming back? Is it working for Joe? Is it working with the talent? Is it the fans? What sticks out to you as some of the reasons you love coming here? Um, I like going to FSW because it's a big show. Every time we go there, uh, Joe promotes great. He has good production value. Um, He always puts me in there with great guys, either tagging with them or working uh, uh, with my opponent. Um, Like this this weekend coming up, I have Graves. Um, That's a a great name for me to wrestle. yeah. Hopefully in the future I'll be working Hammerstone. That's a f- huge name for me to wrestle. And I've been wrestling Hammerstone since like 2011. So all over Arizona, uh, SoCal, um, freaking uh, Vegas, Oregon. So I, I know I could put on a great match with him. Yeah. And it'd probably be different now that we've, we've matured into these great professional wrestlers. So I like wrestling for Joe. Joe's a great promoter. Um I always have killer matches for him. I always go out there and, and wrestle with my heart and wrestle with passion. So uh, I love Vegas. Vegas has been very kind to me. Joe, is there a match that sticks out to you that you would consider your favorite match that Tito's had? No, really. He's had a lot of great matches. I always remember the one in Mesquite uh, that they had. And it's like, you know, he's a guy, you know, when I talk about guys that I, I really enjoy working with, it was like when we started doing some shows in, in Phoenix, you know, one of the first guys I contacted was Che and Tito to work there. And even when uh, the Ring Warriors, it didn't last long, but they were <laughs> national. And I, you know, I put them on the radar to, to Che and Tito. Unfortunately, they had him job out to some 50-year-olds from Florida, but they had an opportunity. And, you know, anytime I could, I, I speak and I want to speak highly of some people, I'll always throw Tito in the mix just because, you know, it isn't just being easy to deal with. He, he's cool to be around. You know, we can bust balls. You know, he doesn't get pissy, you know. And again, it's very difficult. FSW is, as people consider, a, a pretty big show. You know, when guys come in from California, Arizona, uh, I remember a killer gorilla came in one time and he was all, uh, like, all nervous and stuff. He was doing a stretcher match with Clutch. And then he peeked through the curtain and it was like, holy fuck, there's like 650 people there, seven people. And he's never worked in those type and that type of atmosphere. But it takes more than that because of so much talent that we bring in. If I brought in three or four guys, sure, I'd pay Tito way more than I pay him. But he's understanding of, hey, what we're trying to build, we're trying to bring in 15 guys. So even though Joe doesn't pay the highest amount of money, he pays a lot of guys a decent amount of money. But we'll always be upfront. We'll always be honest. Let him know exactly what I, I have in store for them, what I'm looking to do. So I think I'm a pretty easy guy to work with. And one of the funniest motherfuckers I know. So that, that's an added bonus that, you know, Che and Tito would come down and we could bust balls on Marquez for 30 minutes, you know? <laughs> that, that's what I like about Joe and appreciate him the most is that he's always upfront and honest with us. And, you know, that's one of the main things I could ask for a promoter. Like, just be upfront, be honest, and, and let me know what I'm doing. And Joe's always been really great with that. Let me ask you, Joe brought up, uh, you know, kind of the crowd size with uh, – you know, that, that stretcher match and just that feeling of looking out there and going, holy shit, look at all these people. What is it like for you when you uh, first stepped through the curtain to a casino show and just felt that energy in that crowd? Oh, I love it. 
the, the bigger the crowd, the better, man. I feed off that energy. It excites me, gives me en- energy myself. Um, I, I'm really good at working off the fans and playing with the fans. And, uh, you know, if I hear a guy heckle from from the crowd, I'm, I'm quick to heckle back, you know. When I hit a high spot and the crowd goes crazy, I said, fuck yeah, I know I, know I got them, you know. If they ate that up, they're going to eat this next shit up. So I love working for uh, big the big fans, uh, but I like working for the the smaller crowds too because uh, it's more intimate. Um, you got to be more on your game. I think you know they're gonna spot kind of the mistakes. So you know it, as long as they're they're uh, giving me the energy and I can feed off them, then then better. But uh, always the bigger the crowd, the better. You know what I mean? I love that that energy. You know, speaking of crowds, Joe. Did you hear about uh, Tito's, uh, let's say, um, bravery and uh, putting in the place of uh, a drunk fan two years ago at uh, Bumps and Bruises in California? The uh, Vegas Bad Boys were at the show doing a little uh, pre-show. And uh, as the night went on, man, this uh, one asshole... (laughs) was just kind of ruining everything for everyone. And Tito was the one to uh, put him down until the cops got there. And then the guy proceeded to try to fight the cops when the cops got there. Um, I, I do remember that. I believe, <laughs> wasn't it in the parking lot? Um, so the show... Sorry, I got dealing with my daughter right now. Let's go over, baby. Sorry. Uh, There's so, still an ongoing investigation, Tito said. Keep it quiet. So uh, it was just some drunk asshole in the fan. He was being really aggressive with a uh, female. I'm not sure yeah. if they were together or not. Uh, he was getting in her face, and I was kind of like looking around, waiting for uh, security to come. Meanwhile, I'm wrestling. I'm yeah. in a six-man tag. Uh, and so I'm kind of looking around, waiting for security to come. And then he got a little bit too physical for my liking with this woman, got in her face, pie-faced her. So I, I jumped off the apron grabbed him by his fucking neck, drug him out, threw him to the ground, got on top of him, kept him there till security came, and then uh, security came and kicked him out, and then uh, went back in the ring and uh, put the boots to Mariachi Loco and uh, and Little Cholo and Cross. I was going to say, I was saying, wasn't Cross on that match? I remember yeah, yeah. video of him across the ring. Yeah, he was uh, He was one of our opponents. It was Cross, Mariachi Loco, and uh, Little Little Choa sure. from out here in uh, SoCal. What was it, uh, you guys versus Lucha Underground? Yeah, it was pretty much uh, the super bad dudes versus uh, Lucha yeah. Underground. Yeah, which was a really good match. Um, but I love the fact that... Uh, the footage that's on the internet on Twitter, you can literally see when he takes the guy down. Um, Sin City Steve and uh, Simon Street with his uh, Vegas Bad Boy shirt, like you land it like right in front of them, and it's just funny to look at their faces where it's just like looking at like what the fuck is going on. But but that to me shows the awareness a of of you know when you're in the ring and seeing something like that and being able to react and b shows your leadership um you know not only protecting your brothers but protecting the fans who are there to enjoy what you do joe does that professionalism when you bring tito in does that rub off on some of the guys who maybe are not wrestling on the card but are doing ring setup or you know doing what they need to do to pay their dues um watching guys like tito and watching the way they behave and the way they work is that something that's very important to growing young wrestlers uh you know talent and also understanding what they should be doing when it comes to how to do things right in wrestling as a business you hope it does and you want it to be but i think in most cases it isn't, you know, the main issues doing my shows and doing the, the, the training and stuff like that is getting people down there and getting them to do what they need to do. Like I had to go off the other day. We, you know, we had the, uh, the flyer for one of the shows 
and it was like, wow, we have nine shares, and six of them are the fans. Like, motherfuckers, you were on the show, fucking hit share, you fucks. It's like, it doesn't take more than fucking 30 seconds, 20 seconds. You're on the show. I don't give a fuck if you're not on the flyer. You're a low-card guy that's lucky enough to be on the show. Show some appreciation and try to get one of your friends there. You know, yeah. everybody always questions like, oh, I'm not on the show. Or people would be like, oh, why'd you bring in the Reno scum? It's like, because they're fucking better than you. I'm not here to fucking appease you guys. I'm here to put on the best show possible. Be be better than Tito, and he and you could have had his spot. But nobody was ready to take that spot. So I put in the best guy in the best position. And as much as Hammerstone, who is probably what I would consider the locker room leader, you know, they pay attention when he says it. But I'm pretty sure once it's been said, you know, a lot of people go back, you know, to their ways. And it's easy to see who the ones are because they're the ones who are there all the time. They're the ones who strive that no matter what they got going, they want better. You know, the unguided go to WrestleMania weekend and they get on two shows. Well, they want them to be on five shows, right. you know. The guy who's on one show wants to be on all the shows. And then there's some who don't show up that often. It's like, dude, are you guys going to train? I guess it's a pandemic. But if you can't come because it's a pandemic, then there should be no reason you can always make the show. So when we have a show, you're there ready to work, but you can't train any of the days because, what, you, you know, you, you're afraid of catching COVID? But when there's – a hundred fans and 40 wrestlers around, you're not worried about catching the COVID because you're getting a wrestle in a match. Right. And then people wonder when they're done, like, man, that was kind of a shitty match. Oh man, I was a little rusty. Well, instead of training four days a week, like you used to, when you got to a good point, now I see you once every two weeks, if you're lucky. Right. And, and those spots that maybe we're going to go to you because we figured at this point you'd be here. You're still here. And guess what? Tito's here. Eli's here. Gatson's here. Toko Uso's here. All these guys. I'm not bringing in somebody who's not as good as one of my students. If I bring in somebody who's worse than one of my students, fucking shoot me. The only one who I'll bring in that's worse than my students is Vinny Wasco. Other than that, I wouldn't bring in anybody. Why you hate on, on Vinny Wasco? Wasco needs a win out there, brother. He, he came close. He almost beat a 13-year-old the last time he was out. That close. He had him beat. Did, did you hey, have... I gave him a good match. He had a really good match with Remy Marcel. Yeah. Let me just say you know, uh, I was you gonna... know, 2000, 2023 is going to be the breakout year for Vinny Wasco. I hope so. He deserves it. He's working hard. Uh, definitely. And he's got one of the better stories, backstories, uh, in terms of, uh, where he came from and, and how he's developed. So, uh, maybe Joe, uh, I, uh, might, uh, spring Vinny on the show, uh, in the next couple of weeks. So you can, uh, bust his balls. on. Man, man we must really have no guests to go after. <laughs> It's gonna be a it's gonna be a double hit for you, Joe. I'm gonna get uh, Vinny and Evan Daniels. So uh... Evan Daniels, yes, that's another one of my favorites of all time. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? <laughs> um, you know, Tito, what do you think of uh, guys you've wrestled? Um, and I can say either out here or you know in Cali or Arizona, or, you know, what what has been your favorite either opponent or favorite match or favorite style of match what is it that you uh, you look for and what if in your own matches that make you think it's a successful match well to me it's a whole it's a whole combination of a lot of things uh having a good rival having a good story you know those all lead to having a real big match uh having a big crowd that that is that likes everything that oohs and ahs for everything. Um, but then, you know, telling a story in the match, um, from start to finish, um, displaying all my, uh, techniques, all my styles, uh, whether it's grappling, uh, the high flying stuff that I, I do, 
um, the strong style stuff that I do, the the lucha stuff. If I could uh, put that all into a match and have a good rival and have a good story and have a big crowd who's eating everything up, that's the type of matches I live for. Those are the type of matches that my adrenaline is still running when I get home three o'clock in the morning and I'm still up. I'm still pumped from those type of matches. Uh, that Those are those types I like. If I could get all my styles into one match and the crowd loves it, you know, there, there ain't nothing better than that. Joe, when you do commentary and uh, Tito's in the ring, have you off the top of your head said anything that's kind of uh a ball bust on Tito when you do commentary? Uh, I would think probably, <laughs> you know, but it, it's been a while, you know, you got to understand, like we've had Tito, you know, probably one or two times since the pandemic. Right. And he hadn't wrestled before then, you know, I, I would be pretty certain in the past, you know, I might have busted balls when Tito and Che were working the Players Club or something with Jason Cash. I know there had to be some ball busting there. I know that's one of the biggest feuds Tito's ever had. <laughs> yeah. Let's revisit that again, please. Yeah, he's ready to come back from Wisconsin just for that. <laughs> he, he could stay there. <laughs> um you know, when you think, uh, Joe, of uh, any moments that stick out as we kind of get to wrap up here, um, you know, is there any moments, any matches, anything that sticks out about Tito, any stories that um, you want to share before we uh, get uh, finished with this episode? Well, one of the good stories I would, you know, would be good. I can't really talk about. Uh, those are Tito's adventures in Vegas. We'll save that for the uh, the pay-per-view. But when it comes to the wrestling stuff, you know, you know, he's been a guy who, who showed a lot of loyalty early on. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you know, the reason people keep getting booked and I keep using is they seem genuinely, you know, excited about being there. And when a guy works his ass off and he does everything he, that, that you ask of him, easy to talk to, you know, we'll bullshit on Facebook Messenger. Even when I don't have him on a show, I'm like, hey, what's up? Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And, you know, it's, it, it's always fun catching up with him. And I've probably said it to 100 people that, you know, I really wish, hey, I really wish I can get Che and Tito back. Hey, I wish I can get Tito back. And it's like, Things ain't working out. There's no program to really get them involved with, to sink their teeth in. And I have too much respect for his ability to just bring him down randomly uh, with no focus. So I'm, I'm actually extremely excited about where we're going in the future. And, you know, like I said, as well as Che, two, they're, they're two of my favorite people. So... You know, maybe I'll give Che a maybe I'll give Che a bump, but it'll bring him out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll, that talk, little bump. we'll talk about that for sure. <laughs> um, Tito, I'll, as, I'll have my I'll have my kid do a logo for him, and he won't charge him. How's that? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Tito, as we uh, wrap up here, um, any final thoughts about uh, Joe? Memory stories? Anything that you want to share for the uh, listeners and viewers? You know, I always like hanging out with Joe. We bust each other's balls quite a bit all the time. Uh, that's one of the, the fun parts about going out there to wrestle for him. Uh, Joe's a good promoter. He puts on a quality show. He brings in great talent. Um, he's got an eye for great talent. That's why he brings me in, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm looking forward to the future with FSW and uh, – Maybe more uh, bl uh, blood sport type matches, more natural born killer style stuff. And uh, just looking forward to the future, getting in there with Graves this weekend, uh, maybe hammer down the line. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, and I think one of the biggest uh, compliments that you could get, Tito, is that if uh, people listening go back and you just listen to the DeFalco files going you know back 50 episodes plus that we've done 
if you take a shot every time Joe says the name Tito Escondido, you'll be pretty <laughs> shit faced because he respects yeah, you man. that much, man. And that's that's awesome. Um, that's funny. Joe, uh, so tell the uh, viewers and listeners uh, one more time a little bit about uh, this coming uh, Saturday's event and uh, how they can see the event. Well, we got a stacked card from, uh, you know, beginning to end. Ground Zero, April 24th. Uh, due to the limited seating, you know, we're already sold out a front row. We got, you know, we got some seats available. But if, uh, you know, you've subscribed to the FSW Network for 7 bucks, you can watch the pay-per-view. If you're not signed up, well, you can sign up for the 15 bucks to buy the pay-per-view and you'll get the entire month free to basically, you know, check out, you know, check out the old Pistoleros and the Gods of War matches, as well as, you know, the Battle of the Bruiserweights and Mesquite and some of those great shows. You know, we got Chris Bay versus Sefafatu. We got Hammerstone versus Pillman. Uh, we got Graves versus Tito. You know, the Unguided's defending against Sky High. Uh, <laughs> You know, we got matches up the kazoo. You know what I mean? The bad bitches and the suavecitos has just been added. So we have so much great stuff going on between the April 24th show, uh, May 8th, uh, Psycho DeMaio. Uh, we're bringing in Psycho Clown. He's going to be wrestling on the show uh, through an affiliation uh, with MK and AAA. As, you know, Tito knows, part is the MK Army, so maybe he'll be there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then May 14th, changing the game, uh, we ran into some issues. Impact changed their taping dates, which really fucked us. Oh. You know, we had Chris Bay, Davari, and Trey Miguel all on the show. Oh. And now they cannot make the show. Uh, Trey was scheduled, scheduled to work Leo Rush. So yeah. we're kind of in scramble mode. We're working on guys like Chris Dickinson and Jordan Oliver. Well, that'd be a good match for Tito at Natural Born Killers. Uh, Chris Dickinson would be be a. I would I would welcome that. I've, I've been trying to get that that uh, style of match with him for for a while now. Oh, you you get us Che, I'll get you Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a deal. So, but yeah, we got we got so much going on. Tito's going to be a, a major part of it. You can go to fswvegas.com. But like I said, front row is already sold out. And for May 14th, we're moving tickets really quickly. Uh, Sefa Fatu is going to be on the show. Hammerstone's going to defend, you know, the unguided. It's a who's who. It, 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 it basically is the casino show. For May 14th, we're actually still trying to find a bigger venue because, you know, thankfully we're going to be able to open up, as they said, 80% in a three-foot rule probably gives us an extra 30 to 50 more people in there. Right. So that definitely can help. You know, I love doing shows and I do love making money, but at this point we're not making money doing those shows because it's, it's just too costly. You can't make money no matter who you bring in when you only are allowed 74 people in a place. Right. So, you know, and again, I don't mind breaking even. I'm trying to get things rolling to when we do do the big shows. We're in a good enough position that if we don't make money on the show, I don't care. I'd rather have a great show. You know, there's not much I'm going to do with two, three hundred bucks. What am I going to do? Stick it in a poker machine anyway? So, or bet it a baseball game? Gives a fuck. Oh, Joe, you got to stop betting the Mets. Oh, I'm better than that. <laughs> Uh, Tito, any final words for uh, the fans listening? Uh, and uh, is there uh, any kind of social media you can give them to uh, follow you as well? You can follow me on uh, Twitter, Bad Dude Tito, Instagram, Bad Dude Tito. I'm mostly on Instagram, but I'm not too fond of social media, so I, I should probably be better at it. So follow me there, and I'm looking forward to uh, this weekend, getting in there with Graves and, you know, kicking his fucking ass oh <laughs> well, i think i know the clip i need to cut and send to graves tonight <laughs> be, be my guest 
Yeah, I don't think Braves needs any motivation. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, it's been a pleasure, man, having you on. Um, you know, it's impressive the work you do, brother. Every time I see a match, man, it shows that you're not only working hard, but you're growing. And it's amazing to watch a, a veteran grow, which is so cool to see. And um, I know you're appreciated out here by the fans as well. And uh, keep up the good work, brother. And uh, can't wait to see the match uh, this Saturday. Awesome. Thank you. And Joe, as always, thank you for uh, letting us do this uh, little conversation. And uh, fans, please check out FSW, uh, the website, uh, then the network. Uh, it's so cheap to subscribe to the network. It's really a great investment. Um, and, you know, pay-per-view, if you can't make it out to the show, pay-per-view is such a nice little thing to be able to do and stream straight from the network. It's very simple and easy, so I encourage everyone to uh, take a look at the show this Saturday. And uh, until then, everyone, please take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>